Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune. You might have noticed there's a bit of a change up here. Will is doing French lessons out of all things currently and Grey is ill. So I'm joined by our co-host, relief manager or substitute teacher, Ali Fraser. Ali Fraser, how are you, sir? Personally and myself, I'm good. I'm feeling about football, which is what we're going to talk about today. A bit fucking shit. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> I think I was putting it really lightly as well. And obviously the fact that we've got some of them no, no, the nerves are jittering this week. I'm trying to work, but all I can think of in the back of my head is, are we going to beat the Mackhams on Saturday? Well, we will come to that, but first we've got to pull that proverbial band-aid off again. Another, another loss to talk about in the Premier League. This time an away defeat 4-2 to Liverpool. I don't think we were expecting much. I think Will predicted 3-1 and both me and Gray predicted 4-0. Out of interest, Ali, did you have a, a little prediction or... Did you exactly get 4-2? No, I did not get 4-2. I did not actually see a scoring a goal. I was thinking it was going to be just a 2-0. But I think the right was on the wall with that fixture. It always is. I think we've been there 18 times and haven't won once. It's always a, a difficult stadium to go to, Anfield. They've got class all over the pitch. And we're just going through a bit of a rut at the moment. And I think that was quite evident on the game on Monday, actually. Mm. What a way to see in the new year. <laughs> well, the, the smorgasbord of going to Liverpool, which is never good, and Klopp having Eddie Howe's card well and truly marked, I think, was never going to be a positive. But we can no. take some positive. We did score two. Yeah. 0-0 zero, zero at half-time. There was a couple of points to talk about. There was a penalty save from Dubravka with Salah missing, I think, what was his fifth penalty in nine or something for Liverpool. It was his fourth, yeah, yeah. Not a great penalty, but you've got to make those saves, which Dubravka did very well, palmed it away as well. Quite a powerful penalty, but dealt with it. They had plenty of chances. They basically run amok in the first half. They had the highest recorded number of shots on target in the first half in Premier League history, which you never know. It's it's never going to go well if it's going to be started like that. How did you feel about that first half? I think for me personally, it was the first five minutes was the hardest watch I've ever seen, but what did you think? For most football matches, I normally set the first 10 minutes as like the litmus test as to how the rest of the 80s is going to go. I think going into this game, not thinking we were going to get much, I thought, yeah, we were under the cosh immediately. When we tried to come back into it, it just seemed impossible. Uh, they kind of just overran us. And even though we were doing the high press like we normally do, Liverpool have the skill 
to you know to the one touch and pass immediately just to get out of those tough situations which kind of nullifies our press and that's what really we've been known for last season and the start of this season so yeah I thought we were looking quite jaded in the first 45 minutes I was very surprised it was kept to nil nil but obviously there was a goal ruled off and as you mentioned before Dubravka made the save for the penalty but yeah that penalty absolutely shite <laughs> just hit it pretty much straight down the throat of Dubravka but Dubravka did still go the right way and I think he's been taking a few pelters recently especially after his performances from the last few games and I thought he really showed up against Liverpool and fair play to him I feel like he knows the transfer window's open <laughs> and the rumours assuming he doesn't go on social media and that like but um, yeah he obviously turned up against Liverpool and thank God he did because yeah that could have easily been 8-9-2 oh yeah I think he was Key at keeping a 0-0 at half-time. I mean, I don't really want to dwell on the half too much. There wasn't any goals for either team, but there was plenty of stuff that happened on Liverpool's. But we're not a red podcast here. We're black and white through and through. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll swiftly move on to the second half. Mo Salah opens a scoring after 49 minutes. The writing was on the wall when it was coming to half-time. And I was like, I'll take nil nil at the end of the game. Never mind any other time we're coming and play Liverpool. Oh, 100%. Yeah. How dangerous was Salah? And how should how? That's a weird, weird to say. How should Howe have combated maybe Salah on that right-hand side for them against a very tall, slow, gangly Dan Byrne? Dan Byrne has been an absolute servant for us over the last one and a half seasons. And I think at the moment, he's obviously still fresh from an injury and he is kind of seeing himself come back into the squads. Albeit, I think he's coming a bit too early still. I think he's definitely been rushed. And I think he even said himself that, you know, he probably could have done with a couple of extra games off. And I just don't think that's the type of game he played down Burnham because Salah is just so quick and he's so good with his feet. Normally, you don't see Liverpool hitting it over the top because that's where Dan Burn excels. You know, he's got the height, his positioning and those positions are really good. But obviously, when the ball's being played on the ground and he's one-on-one with the likes of Salah, like I say, it's just difficult to defend against. But the argument there is, who do you put in that place? You probably put Tino left back and then put Kraft right back. Because I think when Kraft came on a couple of games ago, I can't remember, I think it was Fulham actually, in fact, I thought he was incredible. I thought, you know, elite Krafu uh, at the time he came <laughs> on, honestly. So I don't know why he's not been playing. He's obviously got his favourites though, isn't he? I think that's, that's the current issue we're facing with, how I think we're now seeing the issue that Bournemouth saw towards the end of his tenure there. He had his favourites and it was very clear that he didn't want to switch things up, which I think we're kind of seeing here but I do think he's slightly learning because, you know, for example, Almiron didn't start the other day. And I thought it was quite nice having Joe Linton play on the left and Gordon on the right and trying to see that play out. Obviously, Dan Byrne was still favoured at left back. But yeah, I definitely thought uh, Livramento with his pace. And, you know, he's still a physical player as well. And I think technically he's very good at that position. Yeah, I think Livramento on the left and, and Kraft on the right would have definitely been how I would have managed that. You definitely need to match kind of a bit speed for speed. I mean, obviously you've got Diaz on the other side of the pitch for Liverpool and he's obviously quick and how, how much Cafu might have been able to, to link, uh, well, not link up with him, I suppose is the other option. Absolutely nullify him is, is yeah. another question and we might have seen something else. Diaz was class. I think he did turn Livermento in and even Gordon on that side once or twice. Yeah. But that's the class that Liverpool have, man. Like they've 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 got it through the ranks. And even if you look at the subs, like when they when they made their subs, 
you could tell how much they were working in the first half because the subs he made. Nunes, Diaz and Endo and Sabozlai, I think, were the subs. And the Gravenbach came on 64 minutes, Gakpo 64 and Jota 65. So, like, yeah, obviously went full thrusters going against Newcastle in the first half and tried to run as ragged, which they did. Yeah, they did. They were obviously knackered. So he's got that kind of plan B as such, which we don't really have with terms of players and, and also injuries. But three good names to bring on and then brings on McAllister later on. So like their depth is just class. And if we hadn't conceded by 49, I don't think we would have had the chance at scoring at 54, which will quickly segue on to now. Yes. Isaac, a nice little breakaway and a calm finish. Yeah. It was very Henri-esque, wasn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. Once again. <laughs> yeah. I think with Isaac, you get that calm, cool head. Mm. Sometimes he's been brilliant. There's been a couple of times this season where could have probably given the ball a little bit quicker away, but sometimes when he holds onto it, he does create some magic. The talk was that Callum Wilson's off to Dubai for rehabilitation for an injury that seems to be ongoing for him. Isaac is having to step up and fill in that void for the full 90, and now he'll probably have to do the same again against Sunderland, I imagine, because it doesn't seem like we're in the market at the minute for a backup striker, which I think we desperately need at the moment. But I thought it's a perfect game for Isaac, you know. He's the type of player technically who can dribble past the likes of Van Dijk. And I mean, it was Van Dijk who he was up against when he scored the first goal. Yep. You know, he's got that pace. And as you say, when the ball's on his feet, he's really good. Honestly, technically he's fantastic. He does sometimes hold on to the ball a bit longer, but I've noticed a few players do that. Gordon as well. As much as I love Gordon, I've noticed sometimes he holds and cuts inside but just doesn't give the pass off quick enough. But thankfully, he actually did set up Isaac really nicely on the left, threading him through. And yeah, he obviously just got the best of Van Dyke, opened his body up and you know, slotted it past Alisson bottom right. And it was such a good take once again. Mm. But he's, he's the type of player to open up for us you know, mm. when you look at anybody else on the pitch. So for sure. I thought it was a very good take. What did you think of his goal? Yeah, well, I think just the whole bit about that goal that we scored, well, the mm. first one that we scored, we did all the simple shit right, and it it came out in a goal. I mean, when we had three goals and our XG was 0.59, we scored two out of three shots. When we did the simple stuff, it really worked, but we just couldn't get going in doing that simple stuff. The passing in the last couple of games has been wayward. Yeah, Sometimes the decision-making has just been poor, but as we see, it's glimmers of hope, I guess, moving into the next fixtures. If we can get the easy things done correctly, mm. we're going to obviously cause problems. I think it's a bit of a dip that we're going in and I think we've got a chance to get out. Maybe it's not <laughs> in January. <laughs> if we can get two draws out of the next two league games, we might be quite happy and then moving into February is looking a bit easier. But yeah, doing the simple shit right, it helps you massively. Yeah. The simple shit Liverpool did quite well towards the end of the game when we had tiring legs. They popped up with Jones getting a goal and then Gakpo who completely scuffed mm the ball in which really pissed me off because if he connected I think Devabka <laughs> might have actually fucking saved it they were four minutes apart 74 minutes and 78 minutes yeah what happened in that space of time there do you think is it is it concentration levels is it just the complete barrage that just managed to wear us down eventually well obviously Gakpo coming on you know fresh legs coming against a tiring defense I just think this the barrage and it's just the depth that Liverpool have that they can bring on these players can you just look at their attack and you just know you're in trouble when I looked at the two team sheets and I saw their midfield and their front three, you just think, yeah, you're going to be in for a tough day. I think at that point in that little segment of the game, it was just the fact that they were just pushing so many men forward and then they managed to get their two goals just to give them that cushion to which, you know, 
sadly Botman getting his header again. Another Sven Botman header, me as well. <laughs> Everyone loves a Sven Botman. It just sadly man. just was. Oh man, I just I, I just love that guy. I think he's fantastic. But going back to the original point, yeah, sadly, you know, his goal was probably a bit too much for us at that point to get anything from the game. Although there are some very contentious points within that match where you kind of thought, well, what if it was given the other way? I know there was a, the massive one, which we'll kind of come on to briefly, but what were your thoughts on the penalty that could have been for us when Longstaff was point down? Because I think it was also during that segment of the game as well when we were slowly coming into it. For sure. Usually what the commentators will do is, oh, and Vars checked it, no penalty. There was none of that. There was no replays. There was no going back to it. I, I didn't really see from the first one. I've not seen again. I've not seen since I've been kind of too, too busy. And also not really wanting to go and watch that back on highlights. Uh, I was going to highlights. say, like, that was a very diplomatic response. <laughs> I can't bring myself to watch any highlights when we lose. I've been like that since I was like eight years old. I just <laughs> yeah. I almost want to cry. Yeah, doing this podcast is a gift of the curse, man, because you've got to relive the shit moments, but then you get to relive the great moments. So it's yeah, yeah. very polar. Yeah. <laughs> it is podcast. very polar. And annoyingly, I haven't watched Match of the Day for about five weeks now. Which, <laughs> yeah. actually, no, I watched it with the Fulham result, but other than that, yeah, it's been a bit shy recently. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd, I'd, I should probably go back and have a watch, but I, I can't really comment without seeing it too much again. And, but there wasn't many other angles. They only really seen it in live time, which... It seemed that the defender didn't have a clue where Longstaff was. No. So it's a clear mistake for him to just run into him or barge into him. Longy should have probably went for the header. I don't think he should have chested it. I think he could have still made the header and potentially got a shot on target. And the way that we were going yeah. at the point in the game, having only two shots in the goal, would have been fine. But yeah, a very tough moment to take, I think, especially when we were getting back into it. That would have made it really interesting to go to get that next goal and then if we got the Botman again, that would have been the 3-3. Three, three, and I think we would have been very happy and probably comfortable to see the rest of the game out and play obviously very defensive again. But yeah. I think I had, I had confidence that if we could have got one back, it would have been a, a very tetchy last 10 minutes, especially after that Botman goal. But not to be, we have another contentious point in terms of penalties to come. 87-ish <laughs> minutes, 88 minutes. Diogo Jota seems to ghost past and then gets shot by a sniper somehow and falls fl- flat to the floor. For me, a blatant dive. I think there's very, very minimal contact from Dubravka on him, if any. And he, j- he takes one step and then dives down. And I think that's the main crux of the matter that VAR hasn't picked up there. I'm, I'm pretty pissed off. I knew I knew you are. Yeah. If you want to continue a rant and, and go for it, then you're more, more than welcome. This is a safe space. Just let me breathe first. <laughs> in through my nose and out through my mouth. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I think the one thing about this game, right, even though Liverpool won, it was made by this decision. It kind of just shows how Liverpool are kind of perceived by the other teams and the other fans in the league. Because the way Jota just falls to the ground, he takes a couple of steps. He could have easily have stayed up and put the ball in the net. Oh, yeah. But his touch was so shit. It took it beyond... I think where he was comfortable trying to hit it towards goal and he just took the dive instead. And I, I don't know. I, it just really, really, and I know you've said it, and it really pissed me off to see him take the dive rather than try and go for goal. I don't mind losing to Liverpool, right? They're a good team. I do hate Klopp as well. And I don't really like their fans too much, but I think that's mainly because I'm still 
thinking back to the 2-1 loss at St. James's Park. But again, don't want to dwell on that loss. <laughs> another one. Yeah, another one. There's been a couple of points, though, like where Liverpool have seen a co- like things similar. Like the, there was a Salah one uh, a couple of years ago where he goes past, I can't remember who it was, is it uh, Dummett? And then he just, yeah, it was Dummett. He just throws himself down at the floor. You've got a very tight offside, which I don't think was offside against Isaac against Gomez, I think, a couple of years back. Yeah. You've got that 1-1 where it went to 90 plus 5, but they scored in the 98th minute. Yeah. And then you've got Jotter again. Like, how many more times is it going to happen? This is what I mean. Like, there's always like a really shit decision that goes against us when we play them. Mm. Well, especially at Anfield anyway. And that was, again, just another to add to the list. And it, yeah. again, it's just not surprising. It didn't surprise me when I saw it was given to Liverpool. Mm. And the annoying thing is where you see some fans try and justify the penalty and why it was given. Can't. You just, you just can't do it. No. Um, no. But look, it is what it is at the end of the day. I don't think it would have changed the result. I don't think we would have got anything else from the game. But it was just an extra dagger in the back from an all-round, you know, hard-to-watch game. Mm. I definitely thought we played better in the second half, just kind of circling back on our performance. But yeah, yeah that, that penalty really, yeah, just... Definitely positives to take from that loss, I think. Yeah, yeah, oh, 100%. And I think you made a really good point about, it. you know, the basic stuff, i.e. our decision-making. There were so many points in the game where I think we were three-on-three three at times. There was one example when Gordon was on the right and he was charging up the pitch... And I think he saw Joe Linton free at the back post. Yeah, yeah. But instead of like running, cutting inside a little bit at the edge of the penalty box and maybe trying to find a pass or hitting it from there, he hit it from about 30 yards trying to cross yeah. the field. And I'm just thinking, come closer. Like you could have done so much more. Just drive at pace against yeah. Van Dyke into the box and you might get something off it. Or if you put like Frank Summit across, it might find somebody. You know what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. the decision making points that run about. There, there was that one. Plenty, plenty of other things to talk about as well. And one of the things is if the glove was on the other hand as well, I think Liverpool fans would be a bit annoyed at the referee in terms of our bullish duo of J7 and Bruno <laughs> just starting to smack people on the back of the heads as they're running away and some a very choice tackles. Yeah, how close is it to crossing that line from passion to anger for these guys? Do you think referees are going to have their cards marked soon if they keep going about like this? Well, I don't really care as long as they do it against Sunderland. Like they can, I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely allow them to do it one more game. Beat the shit out of them. To be fair, uh, actually, no. Sorry, do not come down violence on this podcast. I'll take that back. Um, but beat the Mac. Um, Just doing it against Macos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it does get to a point because. When you watch the Arsenal game, and even as a Newcastle fan, like I had to admit, like what Bruno did to Jorginho, I couldn't even excuse that. Like it was very obvious that he went and hit him on the back of their heads, mm. and you're kind of thinking, "All right, I get you're passionate, but you've got to control it to a point." Yeah, and it kind of happens game on game. Well, I certainly I've seen it from Bruno, Joe Linton, though. I think he's more passionate. Mm. The slide tackle he did, I don't know if it was, I think it was against Jones or Gakpo and he got the yellow card, but then there was like a couple of seconds where the cameras pointed to him and he was just like covered yeah. head to Had toe in Head to mud, yeah. It's like <laughs> fucking make him captain on Saturday, I swear. It was class. There were some yeah. meaty challenges in and I think one that didn't go the right way, I think the Miley yellow card was rubbish. Yeah. He clearly wins the ball. He's just sliding because it's a wet surface. He hasn't extended his leg out like the commentators were saying is... He's just slid in and he's not out of control. His feet aren't miles off the ground. And I think that's another point that I want to kind of make and touch on while we're talking on Miley. I think he had a great game. I was going to move into the good, bad and ugly segment. The ugly is obviously the penalty at the end of the game, but let's start with the with the good, I guess. 
Yeah. Miley, fantastic. Again, for a 17-year-old kid, he's come straight in and he's dominated the Premier League in his own mind. Dubravka thought he was great as well. Shot stopping, early doors kept us in and alive in the game. And again, for me, Tino, that's my top three. I think uh, even I think Man of the Match could have gone to Dubs, but where's your good points line and who, who was good for us in that game? I think having Isaac on the score sheet will hopefully do him the world of good going into Saturday. So for me, that's definitely a huge bonus in my eyes. Hmm. Totally agree again with Miley. I thought, you know, when he's on the ball, he's just so composed. He knows exactly where the opposition is. And I thought, you know, he kind of controls it very well in tight spaces and gets it out. And he just makes this sensible decision. I don't want to sound like, you know, the whole Luke Littler, (laughs) are we 16? But you you look at Lewis Mine, you're thinking, shit, the guy's only 17 and he's making these fantastic decisions at this age. So yeah, we've got a real gem in our hands. And again, he showed it against Liverpool. So that's another point for me. And yeah, I, I feel like I've just copied you, mate, but it's because you're on the money. Like, do you know again? I was saying to one of my mates earlier today, he's a Manchester United fan, and he said, the fact that you've got Tino playing like that, whoever found that and decided to pay that 40 million, fucking hats off because he's an absolute baller of a player, and Mm. I couldn't agree more. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, I'm so pleased. Uh, We've got a fantastic fullback that can take over from trips when he probably has a couple more seasons. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty happy with Tino. I think he's been... Class is direct. He knows when to make a challenge. He knows when to pass off. He knows he reads the game really well. And I think he's been an absolutely fantastic signing. On the flip side, someone who's probably out of a bit of form and not sure what I think needs to be done to deal with him is Longy. But I want to get your kind of opinions on, on Longstaff and form. And last couple of games, he's knackered. I think obviously he runs and runs and runs. He's probably due maybe he's a little bit of a break. He can't rest him against Sunderland at all. He needs to be in there. But hopefully he can find his feet in that match because at the minute I think his passing's been a bit wayward and just looks like he's kind of stuck in the mud almost. I don't know about your opinions on, on Longy and, and how to right his wrongs at the minute. What do you think's going wrong for him? Now we're touching on the ugly bits. Yeah, I think long stuff looks a bit leggy. Longy being leggy. Oh, there's a bit of a tongue twister for you. <laughs> just as I'm doing a dry January, otherwise after a few whiskeys, that would have gone a bit wayward. <laughs> been dribbling on me bed. <laughs> With long stuff coming back in, how obviously has an image of how he wants Longy to play in that three with Miley and Bruno. But the thing is, I think they're all quite like-minded in that they like to be quite attacking. And so they're quite far up the pitch. Even when they're doing their counter-press, they're all very much in Liverpool's box. But because Liverpool have such quality in their team, they're able to break the line in the midfields of ours very, very easily. So one pass, then you're kind of on three on three, more or less three on four. We kind of need someone to sit back a little bit more to kind of cover our back line and to stop those kind of attacks from being too dangerous, yep. which I think we saw time and time again with Liverpool. And I think seeing Longstaff, God love the lad, because he covers a lot of the pitch, but trying to do that weekend in and weekend out, it's, it's hard to do consistently. And I think we're now seeing the impact of that. Yeah, and especially against a very quick Liverpool side. So, yeah, I think for me, that's kind of like one of the uglies that I saw. It becomes very evident when you're playing a good team like Liverpool. I think you can kind of see it against the other teams that we've played. So like Nottingham Forest and Luton. But you really saw it against Liverpool. It's just looking a bit sluggish. But again, that's purely down to our fixture list. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds like you're kind of similar in thinking as well. There's plenty to digest. and I think everyone's got their own opinions. I think it's been a tough run to play as a knackhead. I think that it... (sighs) Can it be an excuse of being kind of on and off and flittering in, flittering out on it? But 
end of the day, they are, I'll use Gray's quote of they are professional athletes. <laughs> but at the same time, like playing two or three games in a week, even the best are really going to kind of struggle. Even James Milner might not be able to do that. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation we're in. It's been a hard year, uh, well, hard first part of the season, I guess, and the, a hard end to the 2023, start of 2024. But there's positives, like we said before. We've got two goals from three shots. That XG was 0.59. Tino's playing well. Maudie's playing well. Dubs has just had the game of his career almost. So there's plenty yeah. to go for. And I, I hope we can carry this into the next fixture in the FA Cup and turn ourselves around, which is against Sunderland. We will come out of this one after a short break so we can catch our breath, come back with the socials, and then we'll pitch straight into the, the, actually the cup tie of the century, this one, isn't it, <laughs> for us? Oh. So we'll catch you in a second. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Okay, welcome back. If you're still with us, you can find our podcast. You better be still with us as well. (laughs) (laughs) You can find our podcast on all major podcasts and platforms, such as Google, Apple, Spotify, all that jazz. Fantastic if you could give us a five-star rating and a little review. It helps massively in terms of reach of who we can get to. We're on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, and we're also on Twitter at TOTT podcast. Drop us a follow and a like and all that jazz on there. If you don't mind, it'd be fantastic. But something more exciting than hitting the like button or the notification button is the <laughs> FA Cup fixture coming up against the one and only Sunland. We haven't played these guys in 50 years in the FA Cup. 12.45 kickoff on Saturday, the 6th of Jan. The away end is going to be dry. The transport to the ground is going to be dry. It's going to be a dry time for the boys in there. But I reckon the football might be a little bit more liquid. You see what I did there? Do you like that? Oh, I was thinking, where are you going with this? Because I'm trying to do dry January, but I fear for the worst that the 6th will be anything but dry. <laughs> yeah. This has got nothing to do with people's dry January. I think the Northumbria police just don't want any fucking trouble, which I don't really see where they're coming from. The offices might be a bit slower after the Christmas period, all the Ferrero Rochers and Christmas pudding that's probably been consumed. But anyway, there's a bit of a build-up I want to put on this. The current record between Newcastle and Sunderland is Newcastle have won 53. There's been 49 draws and Sunderland have won 53. You can't even get any tighter than that. It literally is, over all the years, a draw. At one point, we went five games in that nine where we didn't even score a goal. So hopefully we can, I guess, step it up. The last time we played was a 1-1 draw, which stopped them having a seventh straight win. This was on the 20th of March, 2016. So a good while ago now. I have got a little bit of a quiz for you, Ali. Oh. I was hoping there was going to be more people on here to kind of help you out, but it's all down to you, I'm afraid. Yeah, well, it's going to make me look really shit. So because you know how my, you know how my quiz quiz history is on this podcast. So uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see how we go. I'll give you some. I'll, I'll give you some hints along the way because there's a couple of Better clues. Just give us a fucking answers, lads. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I want you to tell me the starting 11 from that 1-1 draw back in 2016. All right. Can okay. you tell me the starting 11? If you want to throw some names out, you can. If you want to get some clues, I'll give you a couple of clues. Well, I'll name the goal scorer, Mitrovic. So yeah. that will be one. Mitro, correct, up front. Uh, oh, sorry, I should I should say we played a 4-4-2 formation here. 4-4-2, all right. So Mitro currently playing at Al-Halal over in Saudi Arabia. He yep. scored the, the goal on that day, correct? Okay, so I'm now going to go goalkeeper up. So I'm assuming Tim Krul. Uh-uh. Incorrect. Really? Tim Crew was not in goal for that game. Rob Elliott. Rob Elliott, yes. My clue was going to be he's the current interim manager at Gateshead. Oh God, I actually look quite good on this because you didn't give us a clue and I still got it. Lovely. <laughs> well done. Danny Simpson, right back? No. No Danny Simpson, unfortunately. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll come back to right back. Colicini, one of the centre-backs? No. Not doing too well here, pal. Oh, shut your mouth, son. Uh... <laughs> I'll give you a clue for a centre-back. He's currently at Marseille. Oh, Chancellor and Bemba. Yes, there you go. I was gonna, I was gonna get double down and say we sold him to Porto, but no, you got him. Yep, Chancellor yeah, and Bemba yeah, yeah. was one of the centre backs, and he was, he was partnered with. Who would he been partnered with? Yanger and Biwa. No, unfortunately not. Current player. Uh, Dummett. No. But, but, oh, Lascelles. Yes, Lascelles. Ah. He was he was next. So that's the two centre backs you've got, and Bemba and Lascelles. Left back. This is Dummett. No. <laughs> I was going to say if you get this one, I'll be well in well chuffed. Uh, well, who could it be? It won't be David Santon. I think it was no, no, or it was after way after him. Yeah, he filled in at left back. He was really a central defensive midfielder. Currently plays for QPR. Won't be like, I don't know. Okay, now who plays? The Ginger Ninja. It kind of be Colback. Yeah, Colback. Really? Colback was at left back. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I did not know <laughs> no wonder it was a 1 1 draw there. <laughs> Do you want to hit up the right back and see if you can co- complete the whole back line? Yeah, whole back line. I'll tell you, he's a technical director at ADO in Netherlands. He oh, went back okay, to Netherlands. Okay, that's it. I, that's all I need to know. You said Netherlands has to be Daryl Yanmat. Yes, Daryl Yanmat, uh, indeed. Yeah, okay. He played right back at that one. So I know Mitrovic, I said at top, in central yep. mid. I know Winnie would have been one of them. Yeah, Genie currently plugging away in Saudi Arabia as well. Yes, and I reckon the other one would have been John Joe Shelby. Yeah, correct, yes. John Joe Shelby currently himself. in Turkey, and I'm not going to even try and pronounce the team that he plays for because I'll just end up in a massive tongue twister and there definitely will be slaver all over it. Well, to be fair, mate, you slapped slobber sly really well before. And I was like, <laughs> fucking hell, that's, that's a tough one. So if you're backing down on that, then right, that, go it, on must, then. it must be fucking jump, difficult. I'll Google it now and I'll try and see what it is. All right, go on. Let's, I'm this is just not giving me a bit have... more thinking time. Even though, I think, even though I think I've got another midfielder. It was a 4-4-2, remember? I'm going to go with one of the others being Sissoko. Yes, he was our left winger, playing for Nantes in France currently. Uh, right, John Joe Shelby is playing for Sayuk Rizaspor. There you go, that's not too bad. I thought it was definitely going to be harder than that. Back, back yourself, yourself, man. Back, back yourself. yourself. Back yourself. I would love to see. So you've got both centre mids, you've got our left winger. Do you want to have a go at the right winger? I really can't think of a right winger, but I think I've got the second striker. Okay. Yeah, I reckon it's Iosi Perez. Currently at uh, Real Betis in La Liga. Mr. Right Winger, come on, who is yeah. it? Yeah, 
give us a clue. I actually can't think of any right winger at that period. I believe he was on loan at the time. He has scored against Newcastle this season in the Premier League. How recent? I'm not telling you that. <laughs> Within the last three games, there you go. Oh my God. Oh no, Luton, what yeah. do you call him? Uh, Townsend. Yes, Andros Townsend. Do you know what? Back that. Yeah, well, no, no to be fair, you, you got loads the first time round. I'll back it so Rob Elliott and goal Jan Matter right back and Ben Bella sells at centre-backs Jack Colback playing left back bloody hell Townsend on the right Sissoko on the left Genie and John Joe in the middle and then Mitro and Ayose Perez up top no wonder we didn't fucking win that game eh? talking about the game then Sunderland's form is win draw win in the last three and sit sixth in the championship in the playoff positions how confident are you feeling Ali and what changes would you make if any what kind of strat would you go with the game I'm going at you quite a lot here, so... Well, I'll tell you what, I'm just pleased that we've got a number of Geordie lads in our squad who will be telling each and every one of the other players who aren't from the region how important this game is for the football club and the fans. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I've been as nervous for a game like this for goodness knows how long. And that's including the Carabao Cup from last year. Like, this <laughs> even supersedes that. I don't know if that's just saying something about the rivalry we have with our neighbours or how the Mickey Mouse Cup, the EFL Cup is perceived. <laughs> As you can see, I'm not bitter about losing it at all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think we just got to do the basics, have the passion. And I think when you've got the desire to win, everything else just typically falls in place. And I do think this could be the game that turns around our season if we do come away with a win. Personally, I don't think I'd be happy with anything else other than a win. Mm. I'm not saying that if we lose that anything should change with our team, but I just don't think I'll be on social media for a month. <laughs> <laughs> Will will be burning his new Newcastle top for sure if we lose. I can <laughs> yeah, see it happening. I'll be doing the same as well. <laughs> what are you, how are you feeling for it? Well, we're recording on the 3rd of Jan, so a couple of days. In terms of injuries, Wilson's a fresh one. Apparently he's going to be out for the rest of Jan. Trippier is a doubt, but maybe gets into the game. For me, I don't want to rush anyone back for this. It is an important game, but I think we need to be very sensible in how we manage ourselves in this. I think you've got to look at, oh, do you play Burn left back or do you play Livermento so you've got speed? I think I think we go back to our original plan for this Liverpool game and have Burn on the bench, I think, for me, and Livermento left and Crafu on the yeah, right-hand side it. for me. Even though I think Burn would give us 150% game in this one, I just think we've got to play a bit more sensible. What about you? I kind of want to agree, but part of me thinks Dan Burn, local lad, he'll really want to do one over on Sunderland, so he'll be playing out of his skin. Yeah. And I feel like when you're playing someone like Salah, and then you're probably going then to playing someone like, oh, I don't know, I can't even name you the right winger for Sunderland, like, but if you, <laughs> you know, you're going from that calibre to, to something like that, then I, I feel like you'd want to have Burn in that situation, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I'd like to see him in there. Obviously, if it's looking like a bit of trouble, then obviously, yeah, pull him off and put Tino left back and then Crafu on right. But I think we will ultimately win the midfield battle, mm -hmm. moving into that part of the area. Does Miley start in this game? Is it yeah. too I, big I for him? I think he does. I mean, he's played in the Champions League, but this this could be bigger. I'd rather... <laughs> Are we, what, you're going from playing the likes of, you know, <laughs> Mbappe to, I don't know. I 
I couldn't even name a fucking Sunderland player right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I can name two. I can obviously name your Joe Bellingham and your Jack Clark, but I think other than that, that's probably about it. Yeah. But I think we'll probably win that midfield battle and have Miley in that central position. Again, I think you need a cool, calm head, and he kind of provides that. Do you see a carbon copy of the Liverpool lineup then? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I do, actually. I think I do see that. But if there are to be any subs or if there needs to be a switch up at half time, if we're still drawing nil nil, then I'd like to see Eddie Howe make the changes at half time rather than waiting until 60 yeah. minutes to make them. We need to make these changes earlier if it looks like we're not getting anything from these games. Because I think, for example, against Nottingham Forest, Alanga had burn on toast and burn should have been hoiked <laughs> off at half time, but it was kept on until like 60, 70. But look, it's a different kettle of fish this game altogether. You know, the passion will be high. All players will know that by now. And I think having players like Longstaff, Miley, Byrne, all on the pitch, I think will really help that. Yeah. Thinking kind of probably in what Eddie Howe might do. Because I think he might switch Livermore for Byrne and play Kraft. He might take Miley off and put Joe Linton back in the mid. And I think he might play Miggy and Gordon as the wingers. That's what I think he'll do. It's probably... I'm I'm really torn. I'm really really torn about Burn at the minute. I was big fan, but it's just the yeah he's playing for an injury. I think it's hard for him, and I don't think you get let the game get away from. Him. I think he's very professional, but I just think at this time of the season and where it is and how important this game is, Eddie's got Eddie's got to play play pace here. I think that's one way that we might beat him as pace. Yeah, especially with Isaac and Gordon. Fuck me, like they should have they should have a bit of field day. I think really. Yeah, and you know what? I'm pleased we've had like more or less had a week. We've not, we don't have like a midweek game or anything like that. You yeah. know, we've had sufficient time to train this week and hopefully had some rest. But as you say, we've hopefully have that pace in Gordon and Isaac. Yeah, and I'm quite happy to go back to a game every week. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I think it's hopefully hopefully helps us settle and helps us move on and build. But yeah, like you said before, I think this is a a must win. Yeah. If there ever ever has been a must-win for multiple reasons. One, to get back on track against the Mackhams, and then two, to get back on track, I suppose, with our form and our mentality, especially with two bigger games to come up, which is Man City and Aston Villa. But we will speak about those games separately. I think we'll get this Sunderland one out of the way and then record after and hopefully have some cheer to go about. One thing before we do go, Ali, I want your score predictions your predictions for the match against Sunderland? I am predicting a win, and I'm going to say 2-0 us. And I want to have Miley and Isaac as our scorers. Not necessarily in that order. Ooh, gone with the goal scorers. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to go cool, with those cool. goal scorers. Yeah, how about you? Oh, see, I was going to go 2-0 as well, but you've just, somehow you've managed to speak to me in a way that I think we're going to win. And I think we'll probably try and win quite well I'm gonna say yeah 3-0 I think and okay. if you want me goal scorers I'm gonna I go Isaac Gordon and Big Sven I think I'll oh, boost the that. header in from somewhere I think you know I love a big Sven Bodman yeah. header <laughs> another question though ahead of this yeah. game yeah, how yeah. many yellow red cards do you think Ooh, you well Lee Catamore's not playing so <laughs> that's definitely one less red card I think Bruno is probably going to be getting one or Joe Linton. I think they'll just boil over a little bit, especially if it's not going our way. Yeah. Early doors. Yeah, I'd say under five yellow cards, actually. I think Ooh, it's going to be quite okay. clear. Yeah. Any reds? Nah. No. Ooh, I reckon there'll be one red card. 
And I think it, I think it might come from a Sunderland player late in the match when they're two 0 down. Uh, well, I'm hoping the only red that I'm going to see on the day is the red of the Magnum's faces because they're embarrassed about how much we spanked them. That'll be the <laughs> that'll be the only red that I want to see on the whole day. I thought you were going to say the only red I want to see, and then you were going to insert an amber ale in there, and you're like, "That's <laughs> the only red I want to see." <laughs> no, I'm I'm doing a bit of dry. Well, I'm doing damp January. My birthday is in January, so I can't not do yeah, dry January. Yeah, but I'm right. going to try and not drink until till my birthday later on in the month. Well, I guess that's it. There's not much more to cover, I don't think. There's definitely some bits we've missed out on the Liverpool game. I didn't want to dwell too long on that. No, we don't like to dwell on these losses. No. Even it is, it's part and parcel of the game, after all. Onwards and upwards, I say. Exactly. If you can't be there in the bad times, then don't really deserve the good times. Well put, indeed. Well put. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, I'm sure we'll catch you in the, in the run-up to a couple of other games as the schedule goes on and life continues for everyone else. But thanks very much, Ali, for joining us. No, and thank you for being a fantastic host. Better than oh, that other lads who does it. <laughs> thank you very much. Right, thank you for listening as well, guys. And we'll catch you in the next one. Bye! ta Oh, me lads, you should have seen us coming. Passing the ports along the road. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.